Hey, look what we have found A big sound in a small town Far away from the bright lights They're making music every night Discover what is all around A big sound Welcome to season four of Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. Join me as musicians tell their stories about how they became musicians and the stories along the way. Several years ago, I was camping with some friends and a buddy of mine had a, had a liquor sickle. Which, in, which is a scooter. In North sure. Carolina, we call them liquor sickles because when you get to UI and lose your driver's license, you can still drive one of these little scooters. Right. And my cousin had a had like a Trail 50, Trail 70, some little bitty Honda thing that I rode it when I was a kid uh, occasionally, and I didn't die. So I figured I knew how to ride a motorcycle. I could yeah. do this. Yeah. And I said, let me, let me borrow that thing. Let me ride that thing. He was like, no, man, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm, it, I'm just going, all right. So I get on this liquor sickle, and I go through this campground. He's telling people there with us, he says, you know, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> he looks like a bear on a bicycle you see at the circus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and a few minutes later, I'm laying in the road with a broken arm, <laughs> busted up glasses. <laughs> come out of deep gravel trying to you know turn right on the paved road and the tail end went out underneath me so that you know that was how the song how this song started and and then uh it's actually about my job uh, so. Thing. 
flying trapeze That looks like a whole lot of fun I ain't scared of heights So I tried it one night But a bear ain't got no thumps I'm a bear out in the unicycle And I'm wobbling around the rain I'm old and I'm fat I wear a dumb little hat just trying to do my thing See the man over there with the top hat Somebody thinks he is my boss He better take care Cause I'm still a bear I might snap and slap his head clean off I'm a bear right in the unicycle I'm wobbling around the rank I'm old and I'm fat I wear a dumb little hat Just trying to do my thing Can't you hear the Calliope plan? Don't it make you want to jump up and dance? Throw your paws in the air, shake your derriere, and a bear don't have to wear pants. I'm a bear riding a unicycle. I'm wobbling around the rank. I'm old and I'm fat. I wear a dumb little hat. And I'm wobbling around the ring I'm here to get paid Maybe get laid Just trying to do my thing I'm just trying to do my thing Hi there, it's Jeff Wall from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. At least that's where I'm living at now. Uh, once I joined the Witless Protection Program. Uh, <laughs> and I play out all over the state of North Carolina and occasionally into South Carolina and Georgia. And I'd like to come to wherever you are and play for you in your living room, your den of iniquity, or your backyard of iniquity, or your basement of iniquity. I don't care. I'll play anywhere uh, as long as people are willing to throw money at me. I'll play naked. I'll play with clothes on. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm just a whore with a guitar is what I am. There you go. And thank you all for allowing me to be here today. That's a pretty pretty interesting introduction. <laughs> what to say, you know. You tell people who you are. Uh, I, I'm an asshole, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that would cover a lot of people, yeah. you know. That's like, like, you know I, try not to be, I try not to be a malicious one. Uh, you, but, you know, oh, I, you try not to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, yeah, that's it. It's like uh, I'm calling an asshole sometimes because I'm brutally honest, but I don't know any other way to be. You know, uh, either I'm not going to lie to you, uh, 
even if it's about sex or money. But you know, if I was gonna lie, it'd be about one of those. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't have either. I don't get either one of those, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I got no reason to lie. Uh, all right, now we've established, I think, here that you're a singer-songwriter. I am one of those. Now, I grew up uh, 30, 30 miles east of Nashville in a little town called Lebanon. And then when I was 10, we moved into Hermitage, into Nashville yeah. itself. And I went to school with these people whose daddies were session musicians. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Byron Wilson's kids, yeah. or Ruddy Buddies, uh, Jimmy Colbert's kids, yeah. Wayne Moss, uh, you know, all these great session players. And that's, I mean, that's early studio history right that, there. You know, all those guys were people that, that I grew up around. And, uh, and I was a big music freak, but I didn't play music. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to be a rock and roll star, but I didn't know how. The thing that made me want to become a, mis- a musician was seeing Marshall Tucker Band for the first time. They yeah. had chick singer opening up for him named Emmylou Harris. I don't know if she, whatever happened to her. Yeah, I don't think but, much. Uh, I think she fell wide away somewhere. Well, and, but uh, Tommy Caldwell was a bass player, and he just looked like he was having so much fun, and I wanted to be like Tommy. That was what I wanted to do. So that was always in the back of my head. But I took about four or five guitar lessons when I was 11. My daddy bought a guitar coming across the border from Tijuana, you know, and it, a cigar box guitar would have been a step up. No. I mean, it was, it was one of those things. Nylon strings? Uh, no, this one had steel strings, it, finger cutters. You know, <laughs> they just taken the barbs off the wire and strung sure. it Sure, gotcha. And I, I took a half dozen lessons, learned a few chords, and put it down, and that was it. Then 1982, I'm in the Navy. I had to join the Navy and, and leave Middle Tennessee to find somebody to date that I wasn't kin to. <laughs> and uh, I was in the Navy. I was off the Beirut. <laughs> I read everything on the ship you know, uh, that didn't have pictures in it. And uh, I was bored. And some shipmates had guitars there. And, and I grabbed one of them up. And they had a songbook that had the picture chords in them. And I started playing it. Next thing you know, uh, my life went to hell and I owned a guitar. <laughs> you know, and it's led me places that I tell my children not to go. <laughs> don't, don't do this, don't go there. That woman just wants to. <laughs> so did you start writing songs as soon as you learned how to play? I became a songwriter at the age of 55. Really? Yeah, you know, before, I'd been a freelance writer, you know, and I'd written for magazines. Magazines, those things, you know, we probably I'll explain this to your, to your audience. You know, back before the internet, before cell phones, magazines were these things that people took into the bathroom to read when they were taking a dump. They did. You know, they didn't have games to play. There were magazines. And uh, so when cell phones came out and then people started using those, the magazine industry went down the crapper and everybody started folding up and I was out of work. Right. Uh, and I'd always played in around campfires and picking right. up cover bands and stuff like that or, or doing solo stuff in Biker Bar, me and one other guy or something. But at 55, uh, there was a, a guy, Steve Wineski, who owns this company called Wish Bass. He makes, he makes musical instruments. Look it up, Wish Bass. And he had this thing called the, uh, the Winston-Salem Shuffle. And what it was is every month he'd have this thing, you'd get together and, you'd, and everybody'd get up on stage uh, one at a time, and you do your thing, and it had to be something original. Right. You could be, a, you could do a belly dance, you could do a poem, you could do an interpretive dance, or 
a song. All Most right. people were songs. But it had to be original. Uh, so I wrote my first song, uh, which was, uh, I think it was Rectile Dysfunction Blues. <laughs> song everybody can relate to. Or if not yet, it will happen. And, uh, and the response was real well. And so uh, every month he'd do this, and then I'd write another song. And before I know it, I had enough for a CD. Uh-huh. And I decided that uh, I was having fun again playing music. And right. it, 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 I'd go through periods where I'd play a bunch of cover bands and I'd get tired of it or something would happen. My, my partner died uh, on me, you know, and uh, he, he, you think you'd at least give me a two-week notice before he died or something. Well, right, you'd think. You know, I had gigs booked. But, yeah. uh, and so I quit playing for a while after that and concentrated on writing. And uh, and I bounced back from one to the other. And it, it was, it's the same thing as creative. But I, I didn't. I never thought in meter and rhyme. That's not one of my things. Being a writer first. Right. right yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's like the old Tom T. Hall joke. I love all of his songs in both his melodies. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, and I'm the, uh, and that's the way I am. I, I come up with lyrics before I come up. Then I got to find a melody to go with them. So most all of my melodies are three chords, you know, and it's old Harlan and Howard thing. All you need yeah. is three chords and the truth. Yep. Uh, and and so I started writing songs, and I I go out and I play these songs. And the response was really good, you know. Uh, I wrote that song, Love Everybody, Don't Be a Dick. Yeah. Uh, erectile Dysfunction Blues, Battery-Operated Boyfriend. Uh, and it's all stuff that people can relate to. You know, I tell people that that my audience sits right between AARP and Medicare. <laughs> you know, and it, it's like, and I'll tell people, you know, uh, what's, it, what's it, what's the little girl's name that's so... I can't remember name, her name right now. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. She's found her audience. Her audience is uh, is little high school girls who are heartbroken right. because the football player they have a crush on is dating the cheerleaders. Sure. She has bigger tits. Yeah. It, you know, and so she writes songs for those girls, right. and they love her, and they give her all their lunch money. Yeah. And she's is. gotten rich off of it. Right. And like the Indigo Girls found their audience. Yeah. Their audience is angry women that wear Birkenstocks and flannel shirts. True. And uh, and they've provided them with a good living, you know. Uh, and so, you know, I I was trying to learn how to be a songwriter, so I called some friends in Nashville where I grew up. I said, how do I be a songwriter? They said, buy this book by Tom T. Hall called The Songwriter's Handbook, and it'll teach you everything you need to know. And Tom T. said, you know, find your audience. And so... I was playing a gig and I, I smelled it. I tell this story that I smelled a peculiar odor, kind of a mix between polygrip and being gay. <laughs> and I knew I'd found my crowd. Mothballs. You know? <laughs> you know? I knew I'd found my crowd, you know, my people. And, and I have people tell me, you know, thanks for letting us laugh at ourselves, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't try to be a novelty songwriter, but uh, half my songs are either really dark stuff, you know. I, about stepping off a ledge, or they're humorous. Yeah. And, and there's a real fine, you know, uh, there's a real fine line between comedy and tragedy. There is. You know, we laugh to keep from crying. True. And uh, and some tragic things are awfully funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I was in the military, I was in the Navy for 20 years, and I got a really dark sense of humor. It's yeah. just, it's, uh, 
it's a dark sense of humor, and I get in trouble for it a lot of times. But it's the only way I know how to, you know, to deal with stuff. And it's, I don't know if you can tell this or not yet, ladies and gentlemen, but I got ADD really bad. So <laughs> let me apologize if I end up all over the place. Actually, you kept it in, in the road pretty good. Uh, musicians all tend to uh, tan, t- make a tangent. You know, I mean, it's kind of they're they're basic wanderers anyway. Oh, you yeah. know? So yeah, so it works well. It's, it you're it, it, you're holding it in the road. I tell people I, I became a singer songwriter because I got tired of making all that big bluegrass money. Yeah, that bluegrass yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> only people, only people that. Uh, Make more is the old time string band guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know that's where I'm headed to next. You know, and old time string band. There you go. So, I mean, Americana's starting to make money now. Yeah, it is making money now. Uh, if your name's Jason Isbell. <laughs> you know, I knew Jason when he was a little fat kid, starting off with the truckers. Yeah, know? yeah. I opened up for the drive-by truckers. First time I ever saw him was in ninety ninety eight. Yeah, my wife was pregnant with my daughter. Six months pregnant, and uh, I thought they sucked because they were sloppy. Yeah. I come from a bluegrass background, and slop is, is, is just wrong. Uh, and Patterson Hood, after show, and my wife was not happy because the kid was not happy. The kid was kicking. No. My wife is into things like Maroon 5 and the Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that I'm not into. I'm into singing through your nose, I, you know. Uh, yeah, the truckers were probably probably a stretch. And, well, at the time, the truckers were an all-country band. You yeah, know, they, they were. were. country. Yeah. And Patterson walked up to my wife and just stuck his head right in the lion's mouth and, and introduced himself, and he charmed her. And oh, yeah, he's a charming guy. And, you know, and you know, and I thought he was going to die. And uh, and we've been friends ever since, and I don't know how I got talking about the truckers, but by their new record. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you can talk about truckers. That's one of my favorites. They're, 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 they're great guys. Oh, we're talking about Jason. Yeah, Jason and, works and, too. And so I met Jason when he was just a little short, fat kid, uh, and he just started uh, started playing with the truckers, and they played an acoustic show at Pine Hill Farm in uh, over near Durham somewhere. Uh, I think it was the second one they did. And uh, they didn't have acoustic guitars. So I lent them on. Jason had one, but, uh, or no, Patterson had one, but Jason didn't have one, and uh, Cooley didn't have one. So I lent them guitars. Cooley broke four strings on acoustic <laughs> guitars. I don't know how you do that, but he, he did that. Uh, that used to be how it was. You know, they, you know you'd talk, you'd call them on the phone or sure. something, or, you know, they'd call you, and they'd say, we're coming in town. We need... We need two packs for extra slinkies and a guitar strap, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean. You know, and it, it was just, it, it was a small thing. And they've gotten huge. They're, but all, all three of my truckers, you know, Jason, you know, I guess you can put the Denver twins in there if you do Cooley and Patterson. So, yeah. you know, they. Last, last time I saw Jason, uh, he was drunk at the Mercy Lounge. He was hammered. <laughs> And, and, and we'd run across each other, and we talked for a little bit. And I told him, Southeastern hadn't come out yet. I said, uh, I said I just saw Patterson uh, last month, and we were talking about you. And, it, and he gets a big smile on his face. You know, it hadn't been that long since he'd been kicked out of the band. Right. And, you know, and he says, fucking Patterson. And, you know, with a smile on his face. I said, Patterson says you're going to be huge. You just need that one album, and when you get that one album, it's going to break your. It did. I mean, and, and, and lo and behold, it did. 
And uh, I sent him a few texts, which he hadn't responded to. I finally deleted his number out of my phone because I kind of realized that uh, he's uh, he's reached a level where uh, I mean, I can't. We know each other, right? But I can't say we're really friends. And he's got enough people from wanting a piece of time. And when you get when you get when you get on a certain level, and not even a really high level, everybody wants everybody wants a little piece of your time. True, that's they the most do. Valuable thing you got. Yeah, you it know, is. You can only pull, You can only give out so much. Mm-hmm. I figured it out a long time ago. Uh, uh, watching music and playing music is the same thing. What we're all looking to do is to make that connection. Yeah, that's we're all true. seeking a connection. We just want we want to matter to somebody, and the music is a connection either to the songwriter and the band, or between the people and the, uh, and the musician. This COVID stuff's killed me because it. Uh, I, no, I said disconnect. Well, the, the, I can't. I've done a couple of live streams, sure, but I'm not good at it because there's no energy coming back from a crowd. There's no. no. Crowd. No, you're, I can't hear any laughter. I can't right. make anybody laugh. I can't say I can't see any looks of horror on people's face when I start talking about things I shouldn't talk about. Right. Uh, and I really miss that. Sure. I mean, that has been a total disconnect, really. Uh, COVID is not just musically, but in every way, it's kind of disconnected society. And it, it and it's not as much interaction. And then I, I run into people that. Uh, Think it's all a government plot. I'm like, you know, I know too many people are dead for it to be a government plot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is real. And I think if you'd wear a mask, you might help it go away. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter who you voted for. We're talking about your health here. We're not in, in the health of people you care about. We're not talking about who gets elected in, in the office because they're all going to screw us anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, I, and for it to be a government plot, it's a government plot in every country in the world. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, like I said earlier, I was in the Navy for 20 years. The government is not organized enough to figure out a plot this this size. Amen. Yeah, There's I agree. too much bureaucracy. Somebody would let something leak. Yep, you're right. Uh, this, You're giving it way too much credit, you know. It's like, uh, Somewhere along the line, comedy come natural to you? Is that something that uh, I grew up in an alcoholic household? Wow. And, uh, and my dad and, my, and all my mom's people is a history of addiction, uh, mental, chemical, sexual, yeah. physical abuse as far back as we can see. Uh, my mom and dad got divorced. My mom remarried my stepdad, who was a chronic alcoholic and a binge drinker. And so I got some issues from that. And then I ended up. Uh, Having some uh, substance abuse issues in myself, and uh, and I got clean back in 1984. It's a long time. Uh, That's good. I'm happy. I ain't eat okra longer than that. No, well, you way come up and say congratulations for not eating okra. You know, I'm just doing what I have to do to, to try to stay alive. But the thing is, is uh, I used to be really insecure. Not that I'm not now. And I figured out that if I can make you laugh with me instead of laughing at me. And oh, humor is the greatest stuff in the world. I mean, and so it, it was like that. And it was humor helped me to. Uh, I see a humor side in everything, and it's the only way I'm able to process tragedy and grief, right? And and to process any kind of negative things, any negative feelings, is uh, humor. And so I will laugh at the most in op- at the most inappropriate times. You know, it's, yeah, I I do actually understand that. Like that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack a joke. It's yeah. Gonna be gone. 
it's like I, I heard it's a coping it, mechanism. It's, it's like I heard that when they cremated uh, meatloaf, he was they put him in Tupperware, right? You know, because it's it's like it's a sick joke, you know. It, it's like, it's, uh, but it's a kind of thing that you know, you know, they're wrapping up saran wrap. It, it's, uh, uh, you know, you're making a making a joke about the meatloaf name, but uh, it's just. It's just a coping mechanism, is what it is. You know, I don't think anybody tries it. You know, I don't. I don't know. I did, I tried stand up once. You know, I get up and uh, Reverend Billy C. Works is a yeah, man. Yeah, I know Billy. And uh, we've been talking about trying to put a tour together. Uh, I tried to date his ex-wife before they were married, and uh, she didn't want nothing to do with me. We were just kind of friends. She ended up going out with my brother, and so I thank Jesus for helping me dodge that bullet. Uh, <laughs> Because then she ended up with Billy and ruined his life. And, uh, and I, I, you know, my penis is taking me some horrible places, places I wouldn't go with a gun. But Jesus is watching out for me that day. I don't forget what we're Oh, but, uh, I would, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Tim Wilson, Gary Mule, yeah. Rodney Carrington, all those guys. That incorporated music into comedy. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, Ray Stevens. Yeah, uh, and so I tried some some comedy open mics. Comedians are the only people I've met that are more screwed up than musicians. Oh, they are comedians. Oh, yeah. You know, yes, yeah, so they are. Musicians are some screwed up people. No, comedians are much more screwed up. Than yeah, people. comedians are. And uh, and the thing is, is I could sit there and I could wait at an open mic for three hours to do 10 minutes. Right. Or I could just go book a gig. Yeah. And I could do, I could do, I could do two, two hours worth of material. Right. And, a gig, and get paid for it. Get paid, not do the, not do the stand-up stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the people that are doing stand-up, they work really hard to get 15 minutes. They do, they do. And the thing is, is, uh, I, I just do it from the stage. Actually, actually, comedy is basically a 15 minutes of fame. I mean, particularly stand-up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even when you're, it's a very rare comedian that gets longer than 15 minutes, really. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, Dave Chappelle's doing 60 minute shows. Sure. Sure. And that's an hour. And most of that, if you watch it, uh, the, that's not all jokes. True. There's a whole lot of discussion going on. Yeah. And, and things like that. Uh, yeah. And so uh, Tom T. Hall said to start writing songs to nursery rhymes. He said, and they'll get you used to doing it. And so, and most every songwriter I've ever known, when they start writing songs, the first ones they write are, are funny songs. Funny songs are easier to write for some reason. You know, uh, and so I wrote, you know, I wrote, well, here's one I wrote real quick. Right. Yeah. It's my Easter song. Okay. Here comes Peter Cottontail, got him a hammer and some nails. Look out, Jesus, Easter's on its way. <laughs> that song almost got me fired. I was walking around singing it all day. Uh, but, you know, I, I was trying to figure out what does the Easter Bunny got to do with Jesus? You know, and, and that song popped in my head. Uh, it's like humor helps me to deal with things. It, it helps to answer the unanswerable questions, uh, it helps me to process things that normally I laugh so I don't have to cry. If I, you know, yeah. if I didn't laugh, I'd be I'd be curled up. Sure, sure, I understand that. Now let me ask you: Do you have 
are, are you already working on material for a next record? No, but I was thinking about it on the way here. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I just released this record. Yeah, let's talk about that while we got it. Where can somebody get a copy of this at? Or you can get it. Uh, it's on. It, uh, uh, it should be wherever you buy music. I don't know where people buy music at anymore. I'm, I'm 60. I don't right. know. How, you know. It's on. It's on like Spotify. Yeah, it's, it's on, on like Spotify, uh, and uh, Apple Music. Apple Music. Yeah, stuff, yeah. You know? I got lost when eight track tapes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I understand. You know? But yeah, but, but it, yeah. it's on all those places. Right. It's on my Bandcamp site. Sure. But um, I wanted. To, I did a Kickstarter thing. I, I I play music normally by myself. I'm a right. solo act. Right. Kind of like my sex life. It's just. <laughs> uh, Disappointing, lots of people. Uh, so, uh, and uh, and my last record, I'd just gone in, and it was basically a demo session, me and a guitar. Right. And because that, that's the way I usually do it. One before that, I I played on a radio station, WHUP, in Hillsboro, North Carolina. They have a program every Friday called Pass the Hat, where they invite local songwriters right. to come in. And I did that, and it sounded so. And I and I took a thumb drive, and I said, "Download a copy of this so I can hear." Right. It. Yeah. It was, it, I was just so I could critique myself. It sounded so good, I just stripped out all the pattern that didn't need to be there. Like right. playing the night at the shed is, you know, right. nobody cares about that. Yeah. And right. I left every, you know, all the important stuff. Yeah. Me, yeah. On it <laughs> and, uh, and turned it into a CD. Right. And so this time I wanted to do something with a band. So I went to a guy. Uh, Tom Troyer in Greensboro. And the problem I had was with recording is we don't speak the same language. He's more of a rush, he's more of a modern rock kind of guy. Right. And I come from a bluegrass world. It's a completely right. different thing. Uh, so we had trouble doing some communication. But uh, some days I'm really happy with the record. Some days I absolutely hate it. Some days. All I hear is the slop, yeah. my sloppy playing, my sloppy singing, uh, some timing issues. That, uh, but I've had a lot of people who don't owe me money tell me that it's a good record. Yeah, I mean, I I, when you sent it to me, I was impressed. I, I will tell you. But thank you because I, 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 I don't, don't get really impressed. Know. You know, growing up in Nashville, your standards get really high. Yeah, they do. You know, it, it, you know when you know people that. Yeah. No, we were talking before we started. We were talking about the, the most talented musician sure. Nashville's ever produced, which is Charlie McCoy. Sure. He could play any instrument. He could. And, yeah. And, he could play anything. And hear the Pig Robbins is another. Yeah. Hear the song one time, lay it down. Sure. Done. Let's move to the right. next one. Yeah. And uh, and so that's one I'm I'm used to. And so I. Well, a difficult thing. I, I every. Every recording project of any type with anyone that I've ever been on, I still have every one of them at my house in the cellophane. Once it's done, I never, I can't stand to listen to anything I did. I'm just weird that way. I just, it just bothers me because I hear stuff and I think I could, like it'll come on the radio. I'm like, God, I could have done that a lot better. Or why did I do that? You know? I got a friend, Abigail Dodd, who just appeared on a radio show up, up north somewhere. And they use one of my songs in that thing, and all I can hear on it is uh, that the it, it was a parlor song guitar, and I'm like, going, man, I wish I'd been able. To sure. Play. I wish I'd had my D18 on that, so it would sound so much fuller, louder. Yeah. And it, it's 
I'll never be happy. Never uh, yeah, I mean, that's the reason I don't listen to the stuff I do. It, it just it makes me think, why am I even doing this, you know? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, or, or uh, well, it's kind of attitude adjustment, too. I went to Kerrville Song Festival, Songwriters Festival in uh, Kerrville, Texas. I've been wanting to do that, but I, I hadn't. It'll humble you as a songwriter. Well, I don't need to be. I grew up in Nashville. I don't need True. to be humble as a songwriter. Well, I, I thought I, I people the reason I'm not a national musician or songwriter is because I'm not that good of a character, and I'm not that good at waiting tables. You know? True. True. Yeah, I understand. So I had to find something else to, you know. Yeah. I, I really did. We had moved out to um, Bellevue. Yeah. And uh, then at Brentwood, back when Brentwood, all that was there was a flashing yellow light. Right. And, uh, and old Jimmy Dickens. And um, and the Williamson County Sheriff's Department was encouraging me to leave Williamson County. I understand. Uh, something to do with, um, well, substances that I shouldn't be talking about. But everybody I got into high school with was, was, was dead and married or in prison. I right. see a lot of differences in that in 18 something. I had to go do something different. And I don't remember what the point of the story was. Uh, well, the reason you're not a songwriter well, in Nashville. Well, it, yeah, you I did. You know the standards. Sure. I mean, you were talking about the people you sure. know when you live there, the people yeah. you live next to. Right. You know, when your next door neighbor is writing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I agree. They're doing it super, super simple. You know, the yeah. guy at the bar who's drunk. Sure. You, you know, who's written. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Written, Got, who doesn't write hit songs, he writes standards. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. What else uh, we need? To- I, I haven't gone. To, I haven't done that. Uh, I used to do. Uh, I used to love going to bluegrass festivals and playing around campus. Yeah. And I realized I didn't really care anything about seeing the bands on the stage. Right. I'd rather pick with the interact. The interaction. Yeah. Sure. That's the, that's always been the thing for me is the interaction with other people. And that's the best part of music, really. That's it. You know, that's the stage. I, I, I'm fearless when I hit a stage. Well, you know, it's it's a lot of times I hate to go. I don't really want to go, but once you get there and the music starts, that's what it's kind of all about. Yeah. You know? yeah, I have some social anxiety issues, but for some reason when I hit the stage, yeah, I'm fearless. It is, I, hear. I guess it's because I have control or something, because I'm the one with the microphone or I can dictate. Sure. You know, I can kind of steer things. I don't have to come up with. I don't have to. What else we need to know about you, Jeff? Well, let's see. Big dumb hick. The reason I picked that is because I'm six seven. I weigh three hundred sixty pounds. I'm full grown. You know, I'm, I wear bib overalls most of the time because uh, it's hard to find tall and fat. You can find fat clothes and tall clothes. <laughs> it's hard to find when both tall and fat. But if you look up Jeff Wall on the internet, there's a famous Canadian yeah. photographer. And. Uh, and if you look up Jeff Wall music, there's another famous Canadian. I don't know how famous he is, but he's a really fine songwriter out of British Columbia. But if you look up Big Dumb Hick, there's only one of those. <laughs> you know, and I wanted something that was memorable. Sure. And it was like, and I'd use that nickname on a bulletin board back when they had those things called bulletin boards on it. Right, yeah. Uh, back when people uh, read magazines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back when people did Oh, read. back when people could read. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another one right there. But, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to book gigs. I'm trying to get a little attention on my album. My new album is called uh, Big Dumb Hick, A Little Bit Weird. That song, A Little Bit Weird, was the first children's song I'd ever written that didn't contain any profanity. Uh, 
and I'd had it for a long time, and I was trying to think of what to do, and I thought that title was too good for me to pass up. I right. need to use it. Yeah. So I recut it and 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 did it. Uh, but no, I haven't started writing the new record yet. I I don't. I've got. I probably got enough material that I haven't used. I've got a bunch of songs that are. I'll write a song and I'll think it's the greatest song ever, and then I'll come back to it a month later. And I hate the thing. No, I can never tell. I, stuff of mine that people like are ones that I I probably would never choose. It's just weird how that works. I'm terrible. Oh, the songs get you know. Somebody told me I got an email this morning. That somebody said that there's a there's a love song I wrote for hardware stores called uh, "What We Ain't Got," and it's for Ace Hardware. And I've tried to I sent them a thing trying to get. Uh, Right. An endorsement or something right. that ain't happening. I've talked to Jack Links or tried to talk to Jack Links to get an endorsement, you know, because my size, everybody thinks I'm related to Sasquatch or something. Yeah. I'm like going, something like hey, that. I, yeah. I, could, I could throw out <laughs> samples there, you know. I tried to get a hold of Roundhouse about Bib overall yeah. endorsement. No, sure. I, I can't get any traction at all. It's hard to do these days, though. It really is hard. You know, there's too many people writing songs yeah. and playing music, and there too is. many really good people there are. writing songs. There and are. Music. Yeah. There's too many crappy ones that are getting money behind them. True. And uh, that's true. That's, you know, it's snow up your way today. Did you have to come here through snow? I got, I I was out in my uh, I was out in my driveway in a pair of Chuck Taylors and a pair of gym shorts, and I had to take one PA out of the car and and, and do some shuffling around. And uh, there's about an inch or two of snow on the ground. And I didn't realize it was 15 degrees till I looked at the thing because I was in a hurry. Right. I'm kind of weird about that. Uh, there was snow in Winston today, this morning, all the way through to Statesville, and it was clear. Yeah. So when I got your text, I was like going, you know, we weren't sure we were going to be able to do this today right. because of the weather. And I'm like going, the roads are clear here. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty flexible, yeah. But you can't never tell. You can't. Well, we had it really bad when everybody else missed it. I mean, we had about eight inches of snow here earlier in the week. Oh, wow. So, yeah. But the city did actually a really good job of clearing stuff up, so I can't really complain. We had we only got three inches, but then it sleeted all day. Oh, yeah. So it, I ended up with three inches of ice. Yeah, that's never good. I was stuck good. in the driveway for a few days. Yeah, oh. that's never good. But that, so I got a full-time day job, and uh, I'm, I'm, I play music uh, on weekends and uh, during the week, if, I, if it's close enough. Sure, if it's drive, close, you know. yeah. In uh, 2019, I played 108 shows. That's a lot of shows. 2020, I played six. Yeah. yeah. 2021, you probably didn't play I a haven't, lot I, I haven't done the taxes yet. You know, uh, I, I keep track of, of mileage and how many shows and uh, how much money I, I, I make, you know, and how much money I, I give away. Sure. And... Uh, and I haven't done it this year because I'm, I'm scared to. Not a lot to not a lot to in, for 2021. No, you know it's, it got busier near the end of the year, but I was able to make a big write-off in 2019, yeah. uh, and then in, in 2020, uh, I ended up owing money, even though I. Sure. I'm like, how do I how do I owe money and only play six gigs? You right. know, how do how do I owe money to Internal Revenue Service? Yeah. I only played six gigs, uh, right. but I did. Oh. oh, yeah. But I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know how interesting I am to talk about. You've been pretty interesting so far. <laughs> so uh, you, 
been one of a kind so far. Oh, that's uh, that's good and bad. You know, I'm, I'm memorable. It's like well, uh, I, I think that's what you want to be. I mean, that's the whole purpose of it, kind of. You know, that's the thing. I, I'm trying to. My goal right now as a musician is to get out of breweries. Yeah. You know, it's uh, because I like playing breweries because I like getting paid. You and get breweries, paid. You get home early too because yeah. their their time they, frame they, is they seven to nine. nine yeah. yeah. I don't have to play four hours. Right. And then, uh, but the problem with playing breweries is nobody's listening. No, that's true. They're not. They're there to drink a beer, you know, and hang with their folks. And, yeah. You know, and it's you're just background noise. Yeah. Texture, and, and I'm okay with that. As long as you're paying me, All right? But I'd really like to get into playing listening house room. concerts. Yeah, house concert listening, listening rooms. Because that's a, all we want to do is be heard. Sure, you know. Uh, I, so, I, and I'll I'll play anywhere. I play. There's a news resort down the road uh, a little ways. Uh, I played there last year because uh, I figured they're open-minded enough for me to right. be able to get away with whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize until after they paid me that I didn't have to play it naked. Oh. Yeah, afterwards, right? Well, I found out afterwards, but you know, it, it, it yeah. was all right. Uh, they uh, nobody laughed at me. I was, <laughs> I was waiting for. They laughed with me, but I didn't have anybody point at me. <laughs> Most of the people there are they were dangerous, fifty years old. Yeah. You know, there's, I didn't see any supermodels. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, uh, I actually ran a race there one time. Oh, see, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> at CFR, yeah, at the uh, well, the, the Buck Creek Street. Yep. I don't yep. run. I, I got a T-shirt of that. Yeah, I actually went and did that. They're actually nice people down They're there. They're very nice people, and it, it's way out in the woods. It away is. Away from everything. It is. My wife's not a nudist, but she likes the place because they got a hot tub that goes up to 104 degrees. <laughs> yeah, see? I mean, that's that's the yeah. thing for me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, well, if everybody's naked, it's not a big deal. It's not. It's not. You know. It's, and there's every body frame, every size. Oh, yeah. I've seen things, yeah, that, I've seen things I did not want to see. Yeah, you do. Can't erase them from your memory, but once they're there, it makes it easier well, to move on. And it's like you know, you know if it's, there's somebody there with a uh, with a pee bag, I've seen yeah. a couple of those. I didn't you see know, that. With, with bladder people right. with, yeah. with, who've had bladder cancer, or something. yeah, and it just like you know, it's just part of life. You know, uh, I've seen the boobab plants when you're sure. seventy don't look as good. Nope. Uh, tattoos don't look don't as look good. as good. I agree. But it's more of a, but they're a very accepting crowd. They are. They are. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I, and I think everybody should visit the news resort at least once. I do, too. I do, too. Just don't tell your wife. No. Or take her with you. Actually, actually, yeah, it, it's cheaper if you take her. Yeah. Day fees are cheaper if you take somebody with you. Sure. Uh, but they've been good to me. Well, I appreciate you driving all this way and taking time to be here today. I, you know, I... Uh, I'm grateful that you were willing to let me be. Well, sure. bottom line is you're a talented songwriter. Um, uh, well, thank you. And a funny guy. I pay you for this now? Is no, you, no, no. Somebody else will pay me for this. <laughs> but I, I, Jeff, again, thank you for taking time. Oh, I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, that's. Uh, I, I'm honored. I, I've seen the caliber of people that you have on here. And, Sometimes and I get honored, lucky. And I'm, I'm honored. That uh, that I I could include myself well, on the list. I'm I'm honored to have you. I always like meeting people. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hopefully, I gave you enough. Yeah, you get you did. Howdy, folks. This is Jeff Wall, also known as the Big Dumb Hick. That's BigDumbHick.com. Don't misspell that. 
Is there's a song called uh, Checkout Time, and uh, it actually happened. I had to go to Richmond uh, with my wife, and on the way back, we got caught in the last snowstorm of the year and ended up having to get a hotel room. The next morning, I'm wandering around trying to find my missing sock. And my wife is packing up everything, and she's got all 10 suitcases by the door. She only brought 10 because we're only staying out overnight. Uh, and I'm still wandering around trying to find my stuff. And she looks at me. She says, honey, what time is it? I said, baby, it's about 10.35. And she said, uh, what, what time's checkout time? I said, checkout time's at 11. She said, okay. You know, and she's doing her thing, and I'm doing my thing. A few minutes later, I hear, honey, what time is it? Uh, it's about 10.42. She said, what time's checkout time? I said, it's at 11. Okay. And then she, a few minutes later, Honey, what time is it? I'm like, baby, it doesn't matter what time it is because we're not getting thrown out of a hotel room for checking out late. <laughs> I've been thrown out of several hotel rooms. I've never been thrown out of one for checking out late. And my wife is one of these people called rule followers. I don't know if you've oh, ever yeah. met those people or not. Uh, uh, she looks at me like I just suggested we kick a puppy or something. She's <laughs> like, you know, there's probably somebody waiting to clean this room. And if we're supposed to be out here by 11, we need to be out here by 11. Uh, what time is it now? And this song had written itself before I even got out to the car.
my boots, where's my teeth? Was it my love relief? Grab my hat and my car. Run downstairs out to the car. Time's now 57. Check out time's at 11. Time's now 57. Check out time's